that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. Hey guys, welcome back to Killer Thoughts Podcast, and uh, today it's just me, nobody else. And today we have a good fucking episode. Um, actually, it was supposed to happen a long time ago, but for some fucking reason, uh, it didn't happen, and shit happens, you know, and uh, people have lives to do, you know what I mean? But it's happening, and it's not all in the past. Uh, today I have a really dope guest. Um, let me just say that this man um, has a lot of words. <laughs> Uh, but without further ado, um, let the people who you are, uh, what are you all about? Sure. Uh, well, I'm, uh, Matt Harris. Um, uh, I'm a security manager in downtown San Jose for one of our, uh, bars and, uh, regional trainer for another big company in the area and, and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And, uh, it's actually, I was thinking about it. I was like, I mean, it's a good thing Marcus isn't here today. Wow. Uh, because this is a small couch. I, I would I would end up sitting on the floor or you would not have felt right. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yoda would have had to move. Uh, that, 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 that's what I was. Th- I was thinking like, man, how how am I gonna? Argue? <laughs> How's that, how's that gonna work, man? So, Marcus, if you're listening to this later, uh, thanks for sleeping in. <laughs> hey, man, that dude has a weird schedule too, man. That's crazy. Yeah, that's you know, I, it's something that I think we all have the dream of. Um, you know, with this new security team that we're working on. Uh, that we can actually be consistent at some point. Right. We can have a full time. We can have full time set schedules. We can have part time guys, full time guys, right. and, and figure it out that way. Because it's I know he does all the scheduling side of things. He does all that side of the of the of the job. Right. Um, and I know it's like a constant stress for him. It's like why don't we? There's should, there's there's easier way somewhere. Right. I mean, he's he's gonna find his way. He's exactly. gonna find his system. How he's gonna make everything up. But without anything, like first of all, like I I, I know you as much as I know you because. Yeah. That's how much of whatever I know is how much you have let me know about. Yeah. So this is this is I'm looking forward to this because it's gonna be a fun opportunity for everyone to kind of figure out like you know, especially the people that kind of know you but then not really. Did you you know the surface of you? Yeah, I and especially working the bars, you know, I have a select group. You know, a couple of the the couple of security staff like you, like you and your brother. I'm I'm tight with. You know, some of the servers I'm tight with, you know, the Haley Squared, you know, I'm tight with uh, managers. But then, you know, there's there's all these, an, you know, kind of ancillary people that are like, okay, hey, how's it going? I don't see you very often. How's right. it going? Um, you know, and my general personality, I kind of everyone knows that if I'm fucking with you, it's because I like you. Right. You know, if I'm screwing with you, you know, uh, you know, your, your brother's big irritation with me is when I'm mad at him, I salute him. I know it pisses him off. <laughs> I know I know it makes him mad, so I you know do that, yeah. and, and then of course things right. come out of that, and you know. Um, but it's like there's other folks so I just go like, oh hey, how's it going? Hey, you right. good today? Fantastic. See you later. And people go, oh, well you don't screw with that person. It's like, yeah, no, you're not a fan because you're fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I, but I'm, I'm but I'm still professional. It's like all right, you know, right. you know, if you're wearing the same uniform as me, I'll have your back 100 percent until right. the day you take that off, or until right. the day I take it off. You know, once we once we're off duty, it's like okay, cool. Well, you know, right? It, it's, it's no longer about the work. It's just you know, live your life like, exactly. Yeah, it and that's and that's how it was. You know, from the get go. I mean, I I you know, um, started started my career fifteen years ago. Okay, you know, it's just one of those things where you start looking at people and going, okay, well, I don't like you as a person, but you're gonna have to have my back 
at some right. point, and I'm going to have to give your back. And so, where where's the where's the standard lie? And so, um, you know, working in security or working in law enforcement, you know, you just go, okay, well, there's different personalities. Well, it starts with the from that, like, oh, sure, law, yeah. law, from law enforcement. How's that? How's that work? <clears throat> how does how did that even get you interested on that? Because uh, what exactly did you decide? You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue this law enforcement career. So. Uh, so both my folks were, were police officers at one point. Okay. Um, so I grew up in that um, kind of personality-wise. Uh, Mom worked for the county. My dad worked for the county initially and then went to a smaller agency. Right. Um, about, about five, six years into his career. And so, um, you know, I, well, I was like, you know, my... my I was one of those kids where, you know, I'm thinking back to some of your former podcasts and, you know, how people talked about, you know, when they were growing up. Right. You know, we were middle class you know we didn't have maids quarters like some of your former people <laughs> um, <laughs> shout out to ken <laughs> yeah, yeah. um but you know but we were you know we did fine you know right. i i was but i was vastly concerned with how my family was i was a worried i was a worried kid i was one of those guys that i was just i was aware of my family and like where's drama where's financial issues um, but we, I mean, we weren't ever in bad shape. You know, the 2008 recession, you know, hit us pretty hard. Right. Um, but by that point, I was graduating high school, so it wasn't that, you know, I was more like, all right, now I get to be introduced into this. Um, but no, in uh, like early 2005, I joined uh, uh, the Police Explorers, which is like a Boy Scout group through uh, one of your police departments. Okay. Um, went through my dad's department, which wasn't anywhere near my town. Um, and so it was... It was kind of a weird commute uh, to be going up to, like, you know, the San Jose metro area from, you know, Gilroy Hollister. Um, That's a weird-ass commute. It is a weird commute. I mean, I, but, I mean, I went to high school in San Jose. I went to a private school in San Jose. So, uh, it just kind of all, you know, just made sense, you know. Right. Um, Gilroy was not home. It's where I slept, but it was not, like... Yeah, place. like, it didn't even mean anything to you. Exactly. It was just a place where you just go and sleep and... Uh, like if for for example, like my high school, I remember after when I got to college, like people started wearing like cowboy boots and cowboy hats, and I was like, "Why is this cool? I don't understand this lifestyle." Because I grew up on a farm, so I had cowboy boots, cowboy hats, buckles. You know, I had all that stuff. Right, right. But it was like, this is the stuff I you know clean up shit with. These are literally shit kickers. Why are we? Why you know? I'm not washing them off. <laughs> or, you know, I'm not wearing my shit kickers in my car. My car is right. nice. I don't want that. You right. know, um, and so so that was you know it's just different lifestyle um but uh yeah got into that police explorer program we started doing some like security style work and helping out with things and um you know learning 10 codes and it's a, it's a great program for kids that that don't know what they're gonna do mm-hmm. um you know f- probably like less than 10 percent went into law enforcement but do you actually. think do you think that 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 program kind of kind of set the the, the, the seed for some people that were like okay yeah. I'm going to do this for, for a living, maybe. Yeah, so I think out of my group, um, we had a couple folks become lawyers, a bunch of people joined the military, a couple of our police officers at, at that town now and some other ones around it. Um, but that's where the seed really got going. And so, like, my life goal was, like, all right, I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go to college, get my 60 units, because that's all that's required in California. Right. I'm going to get a job as a CSO, a community service officer somewhere in the area, and I'm going to work through college up until I turn 21, and then I'm going to get hired. I'm gonna be a police officer. I'm gonna retire 50. You know, and my life is planned. Right. Uh, and of course, you know, you know, best best laid plans. You know, kind of how that goes. Um, but uh, I, you know, I, I got uh, when I was graduating high school. My summer, my first job ever, my actual like paid job was I was a cashier at Home Depot. Okay. Um, they, didn't, they didn't see that. 
Yeah. No, I, <laughs> I didn't I, expect that at all. I, I hate self-checkout machines. I refuse to use them because of that job. Because yeah, I was always put there because uh, apparently I was a very fast cashier, but the self-checkout machines were awful. Right. Um, you know, I, I could see myself being phased out. And so I'm like, I'm not going to support, support the Terminator. That when it's Skynet, you know. It's, yeah, it is, yeah. It is. Um, so I did that for like eight months. And then, I, um, you know, college was starting. And I was like, I don't really want to work full-time job, you know, because I was a dumb kid. Right. And so I quit. Um, and, it, and I realized, like, wait a second, I don't have any money. <laughs> this, this is, we all fall into that situation. There's <laughs> yeah. a faux pas there. Um, about uh, about six months after I left there, I was, I was going to Gavlin down in uh, you know Morgan Hill, Gilroy area, doing my uh, justice studies uh, degree. Um, we're working towards it. Um, I uh, I got picked up by uh, San Jose State, and so I was a CSO for them for just under five years. Okay, and so I was a, an enforcement CSO. So I did like sort of police work. Um, you know, looking back on it now, I've had some great conversations with people that are still there, uh, and we got away with murder when I was there. Like we wow. were, we were, uh, we not literally murder, of course, but luckily enough, statute limitations are, are expired for almost everything that we did. But then back uh, then was different, though. Yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. like that. Now it's everything has a loop where whatever you do, it can be a fuck up. Like exactly. I mean, I got hired in two thousand nine, and so we didn't get body cameras until twenty twelve. You know, and right. even then, it was still a new program. You know, people weren't, you know, fuck the police everywhere, defund the police. It was, yeah. you know, there's still some right. some fun there, but we had a great time. You know, we were, you know, I had some good buddies over there. We had some, we screwed around. Um, you know, looking back, you I know, mean, we're making, so at, at Home Depot, I made $11 an hour, which was good, which was like, oh man, 11 bucks. Like, man, was oh, man, like, look, shit though back look at me. In 2008, yeah. I was like, man, I must be good at this. I wasn't. Um, and then at San Jose State, I was making fifteen sixty an hour. And okay. so I was like, right on, dope. And so I was working part-time initially, and then I went to full-time. And that's when I pretty much ended my school career. I was doing, you know, I, I got my 60 units. I got my certificate in justice studies. Right. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. I can make more money if I work more hours. So I'm going to do that. And so I went into full-time for three years while I was there. Um, had a lot of fun doing that, but I... I'm one of those people, as as you all know, since I am have you know four jobs now. Right. I I don't do well with just empty hands. I like to do something. Right. And so while I was at San Jose State, worked for the police department there. I also managed a hookah lounge. Um, Get the fuck out. Yeah. So you know you remember she the one on First Street. Yeah, in Market, eighty four North Market. Uh, oh shit! You right right across the street from the bar. Oh, um, well, what years did you do? What years did you uh, did you manage that? So I was. So I started smoking there in 2008, got to be friends with the owner because we were there every weekend because we were 18 and right. we, we weren't 21, so we couldn't go to clubs. That's literally like every fuck, every, like every person's fucking passage is like, you can't really go to bars, so what's the best place? Hookah, hookah place, yeah. yeah. Or cigar lounges or whatever. Any fucking hookah place that you can downtown. In exactly. So I was there, um, I started working there in 2010 and I pretty much was on and off there up until about 2012. Okay. Um... I was, yeah, I was there up, you know, off and on to about 2012. And so I, um, actually, that's how I got introduced to O'Flaherty's was through mm-hmm. that bar because, or through that lounge because my manager when I started, um, or assistant manager when I started was a bouncer, uh, at O'Flaherty's. And so that's how I got introduced. That's fucking insane, man. It's yeah. Like a... And so it's, it's, it's funny. It's funny, you know, we're connected with everybody now, but I remember we had a good time, you know, worked weekends there. 
Right. You know, we screwed around. Um, you know, shout out to Alex Mitramaras, the original owner of, of Shisha. Yeah, he is no longer in the area. I think he moved back to the Middle East, but he's he was a, yeah. one of the coolest bosses ever had. Um, but then downtown had like a resurgence of a lot of hookah places. Yeah, a, a Shisha, minute. Swinging Hookah, Hookah Beats, Hookah Beats over on Fork Street. I worked security there for a little while. That was, that was interesting. I mean, gig. Swinging Hookah moved out of fucking downtown. I yeah. Mean, I, didn't, I don't know if there still exists, but I know there's San Carlos. Right? The one in San Carlos thing yeah, is still yeah. around. I haven't, yeah. I haven't done hookah in, in a long time. Same. I mean, since it turned 21. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I like a few times. So when I, see, yeah, actually, I worked, um, after, yeah, after I left the police department, I went to private security and bounced around a couple of different places. I owned a security company for a couple of years, uh, but one of those places that we worked was Hookah Beats over on 4th Street, uh, 4th and St. John. The, it looks a little better now than it was before. Before, it was, it was fucking insane. But that place oh, was... It was, a, I mean, it was crazy. Cause we, were, we were armed. They had two uniformed armed guards out front to do the pat-downs and everybody. And it was kind of interesting. It was lucky enough, so, my, so all the like, actual in-house security were all... There was an um, you know, amateur MMA fighter, a bunch of Samoan dudes, and then two armed guards up front. So it was me and my buddy, and we were both in the police academy at the right. time. And so we got to practice all of our pat-downs. And so that's how we did everything is we're, all right, turn around, uh, put your hands top your head. You know, I'm gonna Might as well make it a, a, exactly, a, training, a training experience. Yeah. Right, spread your feet, spread your feet, back up, pull them back, full pat-downs, you know, searching pockets. Um, and so we had a lot of fun, you know. It I was, think... Me as a consumer, like, if I go to a place where I got to be pat down like that, I'm like, should I even go inside? Seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's literally, like, my mentality is, like, should I even go inside when I go to places like that? And a lot of places, uh, not to fucking vouch on, on my own people, but, like, it's every time I go to, like, a Mexican bar, bro, or a Latin bar. Yeah. It's like that. I'm like, damn, you know what? I don't think it should be in here. I remember, I remember my first bouncing gig was just was right around that same time uh, when I, I was I was an operations manager for a tech company, um, security, and um, running a like a NASA style operations center back when SOCs first became a big thing, security operations centers. Um, that was where I got fat, <laughs> and uh, I think we and, all get to that point. And, so, like we, and, we and started that's, and that's honest, off. yeah, and that's honestly what got yeah. me into bouncing. And so my the first bar I ever worked at, like. Right before I left, for good reasons, um, you know, uh, we started using like a little handheld metal detector, you know, a little quick wanding kind of thing. And that was a discussion that we all kind of had as a, as a team. We're like, what What does this say about our bar that right. we have a metal detector? I mean, you know, but we already took knives off people. We'd say, hey, you got to either, you know, check that into the code check or give it to me or put it in your car, you know. If I remember then, then I had to get your knife back, you know, kind of thing. Um, but we can't have knives in here, you know. Um, we didn't really ever really catch much, we caught a lot more flasks that way, because uh, people would use metal flasks, but that was about it. What is the crazy shit you saw at the uh, swinging, uh, swinging uh, hookah? Uh, so a swinging hookah? I mean, nothing. I mean, uh, I mean the hookah spot, but yeah. Oh, well, at Shisha, you know, we, it was mostly us. That was the crazy stuff. We, I mean, we never had any, like, awful people, you know, you know, my, my boss had, like, a little billy club behind, behind the counter, and so... I only saw him swatted at people every once in a while, right. but uh, kind of the fun, funny story is he um, every day he would, his whole thing was the shop has to be clean. We dust it every day; it has to be perfect. Very, very detail oriented man. Uh, he would he would you know, sweep every day. Every every time I looked around, he he was counting wasn't counting money. He was sweeping. He was like a, a Scrooge McDuck with a with a broom in his hand, and 
Uh, Scrooge McDuck was a, it was a cartoon from my childhood. Right. Uh, don't know if you remember. You know, nah, no. not a fucking clue. He, he's Donald Duck's uh, rich uncle. Oh, uh, yeah. He was probably related to Ken in some way. Um, <laughs> it's probably a boomerang. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> so, so we, you know, it, it, it probably is. Um, so we, you know, he'd be sweeping out there, but there was a tree out in front that he hated because he would sweep. And then 30 minutes later, the wind would blow and the leaves would come in. He hated wow. this tree. He petitioned the city to have the t- tree removed for, you know, all kinds of stuff. But the city wouldn't do it, obviously. And so he would nail copper screws into the base of it because copper kills trees. Um, he would, he, I mean, he would, I mean, he would spend years trying to kill this tree. And it only got stronger. I mean, there was hundreds of screws, hundreds of nails. He'd have a bad day, and he'd go beat the beat the shit out of this tree. Right. Um, and so one day, I'm, I'm helping these people out, and he's out front drilling the tree. He just got down to the point where he's just taking different levels of, of drill bits and just making holes in the tree, trying trying to like Whoa. kill it. Because if he just suddenly disappeared one day, and somebody cut it down, the city would have have issues with it because obviously this yeah, guy's been talking about exactly it. like the so, retaliation will be towards him. But if it dies and he can't prove who killed it, you know. Um, then it then it just goes away. A smaller tree with less leaves gets in there. It's fucking crazy, man. I mean, I'm sure you they they were like really like eccentric owners. Oh yeah, people that are like, how are you like fucking in charge of this place? So these people wave me down like, excuse me, there's some um, uh, how do I say? Uh, There's some Middle Eastern man uh, out front screaming at a tree and drilling into it. And so I'm trying. So I I said I go oh oh no that's that's Alex that's our owner and they're like oh is is he okay and I go. Yes, Alex is from uh, the Middle East, and in his culture, he believes that there's spirits that are coming out of that tree that he's trying to release, give him good luck. And they're like, oh, oh, wow, oh my goodness, that's so... Mm. That's a very good fucking way to... Learn something new every day. Avoid a Karen. Oh, totally. And that's, that's, you know... Before Karen even existed, the term Karen existed. Exactly. And (laughs) and that was, you know, the hookah bar is really where I got to learn kind of more of my bullshitting skills, because, you know, the police department was very formal for the most part and we, we got to do a bunch of crazy things but a hookah bar you're in the first miles my first real customer service role where it's like you know like certain things you can and can't say to a customer you got to try those things out and if they left you went right. okay hopefully it's on a night that the boss is working right uh but i remember people would come in and be like oh i hate these customers they keep asking for certain coals they're very picky and they're kind of you know dicks about it and they're customers anyway i mean in this day think about it like... so i would go out and i'd say okay put a smile on my face and i'd walk out there and go, oh you want some different coals fantastic and i get little embers and put on their hook and go there you go and they'd go no can i have some more cool and i'd make a ring of tiny little embers and then by the time i got to the first one it was burnt out so i'd start doing it over again and i'd soon it'd be a pile of ash on top of the hookah i'm like all right cool there you go and they'd go oh but it's all ashy now i said well you wanted the pieces are about to ash out. We told you these right. pieces will ash out. That's right. why we put big pieces on in the corner so we can, you know. I don't know. People are like, well, I didn't understand. I said, well, yeah, so I do this for a living. And, and right. I was trying to help you, but you wanted to be this way. I'm not going to give you a free hookah because you wanted something specific, Dick. Right. And so, you know, but you started working out like, how do I say this nicely? How do I convince somebody of something that they right. don't actually want? Uh, which has actually, I think, served me very well in my security and kind of bouncing career as a whole. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I started, I was in uh, Bouncing, I started in Mountain View, I was a bar manager in Sunnyvale, then I was a doorman in Campbell, and then, uh, you know, you've been at, at, at our bars ever since. You've been like all over the fucking place uh, with that. Yeah, yeah, you named the kind of, I mean, I've, I've worked in, you know, in security as a whole, I've worked in every vertical market, you know, with the exception mm-hmm. of like petroleum. I haven't been a, you know, been a you know, maritime security guard, right. or that kind of right. stuff, but... 
outside of that, um, that that makes my fucking security career like shit compared to what you fucking deal with. You know, because I mean, people don't understand that security for uh, like a tech company is different than security for fucking banks. It's like yeah, it's it, it's, yeah. it's 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 uh, for example, like security of like you know, I worked at Google for a couple, a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I did a graveyard shift for a couple of years. That's, That's just fast. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the same thing, man. It's it's literally like more, uh, yeah. Okay. You, you, right. It's a little more uh, politically. Uh, you gotta be nice and all that, and like, what's a good word for Google? Is like you gotta be googly when you work there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Very, it, very. It's a certain level of, like bougie security. Exactly. Uh, which I don't understand. What that will be a lot of a lot of, uh, and I still have a lot of people that are currently supervisors there, and like people that I know that are in management, but. When I was working there, just a regular officer, like I will see the perks of it. I'm like, okay, I get to you know come here, make easy money, uh, use the facilities like the gym, get some free food. You know what I mean? The juice bar is awesome, you know. Exactly, and then uh, it was good because I worked at the end before I left. I worked uh, the swing shift, which was even better because all the restaurants on the cafes will be open. Yeah. So for me, it was like, fuck, dude, like I get to get free food. Uh, maybe use the gym, you know, when I was actually working out on that right now. Piece yeah. Fat piece of shit, but, uh, but I loved it because I saved so much fucking money and I started that way. But a lot of people are like, oh, bitchy about it. You oh, know, yeah. Come in. I'm like, dude, and usually we're like young kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like 18, 19. Uh, they're like, oh, I'm just here because, you know, my buddy recommended me and like, you know. Well, it's, it's um, funny. It's funny. I, I, I think I've, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I know one of the, one of the regional managers. Actually, I know a bunch of the managers at Google because they were all former cops. And so, right. you know, but it was, um, we had a, a Google event at a hotel I worked at another job I had in security. Um, and I was basically like running their audit department and doing a bunch of like hands-on stuff. My boss right. comes in one day and he goes, Hey, yeah, we have this event for Google happening in the ballrooms. It's uh, you know, their, their Christmas party or whatever. He says, I sat down with their regional regional manager who's in charge of all this, and he right. is a prick. You know, I'm asking him questions, and I was, like, trying to, like, get him to talk, and he's, like, just kind of, like, looked at me and said, do you trust your security? And I said, yeah. And my boss said, yeah. And he goes, well, then I trust your security. If you, if I, you seem like a good guy. I have no problem with it. My right. team will be here, so I don't really have any concerns. And so he's – in my, my boss is, like, old-school Chicago cop, and so he's – I don't understand. This guy has no interest. He doesn't even want to know, like, the fire systems. Or he's just, he's unprofessional right. in his mind. And I'm like, he can't be that bad. And he's like, well, you're going to work with him, so you're going to meet him. Because I can't stand this kid. This right. You know, he's a know-it-all kid. He's, you know, yada. And so he's just very, like, he's old school, you know, old school cop. And so I'm right. like, boss, I'll, I'll take care of it. No worries. He goes, well, let's go I'll introduce him real quick. And, um, and he's telling me, he's like, ah, this guy's super pompous. He thinks he knows everything. And we walk outside, and it's my former trainee. Uh, when I was at the police department, I was, an, I was a training officer because I was a senior guy. Full circle. And, yeah. And so my trainee now is, is running Google security for events. And, uh, What's and his so name? Uh, his name is uh, Lynn Fan. Okay. And so I, I, I see him and he turn, I turn and look at him and go, Lynn. And I run up and I give him a hug and, you know, hey, buddy, it's good to see you. And my boss is like, oh, this makes sense now. Why he's such a pompous asshole? You trained him. And <laughs> you I, was train like, him. I was like, yeah, you know, that's right. I tell everyone. I tell every right. every time I do an interview with a new new bouncer right. at the bar, I always tell him, I said, just so you know, um, Marcus is nice and he'll be nice to you consistently unless he's mad at you. Right. I'm an asshole and I will screw with you consistently because I like you. Right. If I if I'm polite to you, it's because I'm mad at you. Right. Um, you know, but but I mean, you've been on the receiving end of my being pissed off. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, I, I've been you know. there, but it's like a it's that that kind of like pissed off where 
where yeah. I, it's, I'm not like nailing you like to yeah. the head, but you, you get the point exactly. And, and yeah. I think a lot of it depends on who I'm dealing with. So like you and your brother, when you right. guys screw up, I'm not mad at you. Right. I'm disappointed. You know, <laughs> you know, because, because that's that's like the worst way you can say it too. Is like I'm disappointed at you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and yeah. but it can, and it's like you know right. we we've had issue and not not you know not like speaking directly about you, but. Um, you know, I, one of the things I recognize is that we're a new team, you know. That was what I was going to bring out, too, like, maybe later in the conversation. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's definitely, like, uh, which I heard a lot of things that it used to be different back then for uh, Floridians and Five Points. It used to be, like, a different type of, uh, you know, mentality. Yeah, and, and that's different. And honestly, that's what something I was kind of thinking about, too, because, you know, when Marcus and I were talking about how, what are we going to talk about when we go on this thing, um, you know, Bouncing is different now. I mean, yeah. I remember, and some things I like that it's different. Some things I dislike how it's different. Uh, I mean, so when I first started working, I was working at Molly McGee's in Mountain View, um, right on Castro Street. I got tricked into being a bouncer. Um, how does that even happen? So, so I, <laughs> and this was something that I got over, you know, had to get over fairly quickly as I was, um, you know, when I worked for the police department, I, like I said, I had my whole life goal kind of set out. I knew what I was going to do. Private security was. Icky. It was that right. you know if guys couldn't make it in the police. It's force. like the mentality. Yeah, the mentality yeah. Were like oh, you couldn't make it. Uh, you couldn't cut it as a cop. So here you are. Here security you are as a security now. guard. Yeah. Right. And so that's that was my view because that's how that's how I was raised. That's me. Both my parents are cops, and that was top notch. And right. Um. And so how I jumped into private security was I I didn't like dispatching. My I was trained as a as a nine one dispatcher through our police department because we did that, all that kind of stuff. Right. So we weren't like academy certified, but we did you know handle calls and that kind of stuff. And uh, I hated dispatching because I wasn't out there doing stuff. I wanted to be that guy, like you know, you know, hooking and to be out there, hooking and booking, making right. those good, good, good arrests. You know, wanted to get into interdiction. Like I like highly considered CHP for a long time because I was like, I want to be that guy. Tom's going out there. I didn't mind doing parking stuff, parking tickets. I wanted right. to just be out there. And then, um, and then a security company reached out and said, "Hey, we're looking for dispatchers. We're trying, we're paying, uh, you know, twenty eight bucks an hour." And I went, "Peace." Yeah, because I was all about money. I wasn't right. thinking long term, so right. I left six months before I got my retirement squared, squared away. Whoa! And so I was a big mistake on my end. Looking looking back, of course, but you know, you live and you learn. Um, and so I was at a bar. I was at Molly McGee's one night, and we drank there fairly often. And buddies drank I like there. That bar. Yeah, it was a cool spot. And uh, I was I was just getting off work. I was working uh, kind of some paid jobs on the side for my for my brother and other people. And so I was wearing BDUs and boots and. Um, this uh, doorman walks up and he looks at me and he goes, "Do you work security?" I go, "Yeah." And he goes, "You ever think about uh, being a bouncer?" And I was like, "No, I don't want to be a bouncer. I, it's below me." You know, that's the personality I had. Right. And he's like, "Well, if you don't think you can do it, just, just say it." And I was like, "No, I could do it if I wanted to." And he's like, "No, I don't think you could." And so and my and my pride was too big, and I was like, right. "Listen, dude, I've worked for the police department. I've done all this stuff. I, you know, by that point, my background wasn't all that impressive. It was right. just like, all right, so I've just I do pay jobs." We're in a tech company and I have police law, I have a law enforcement background. So it's not super impressive at that right. point. And he's like, I don't believe you. You, you never did that. Well, you like, try to sell it to this guy, right? Like, like, and now he, now, yeah, yeah, now he's making me sell myself to him. Yeah. And I was like, well, listen, dude, I got resumes in the car. You really want to play this game? I'll show you my resume right now. And he goes, yeah, let me see it. So I gave him my resume and he pulls it up, looks at it, goes, oh, well, that is cool. Puts it in his pocket. And I was like, cool. And I thought that was the end of the conversation. Right. They kept coming back and screwing with me. And I was like, this doesn't. I, I said maybe I should become a bouncer so I can show you what customer service looks like. Because I was that you know that person. Right. Um, and then I went on you know went on a family vacation. Kind of forgot about it. And I got back and and I had a voicemail saying, hey, you know, we like to come in for an interview at Molly's. And I was like, 
Oh. Well, I mean, and at that time, I was, I was still testing for law enforcement. And I, right. I, my mindset was, there's no, no such thing as a bad interview. Right. Even if it goes awful, I learn something out of it. I get something out of it. Right. And so I show up in a suit because that's how I was going to police backgrounds. I was going to, you know, all this stuff. And so people were like, you're interviewing a security job in a suit? And I was like, dress to impress. Right. And so the the owners there, Liam and Des, were such just stellar dudes. And they they're like, okay, you know. We found your resume and a stack of things. We, how long ago did you come in for an interview? I was like, I didn't come in for an interview. Your bouncer stole that because I gave it to him and he took right. it and never gave it back. And I was like, two weeks ago. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. So we're, you weren't waiting long. And I was like, I'm not waiting for it. And I'm not even. I'm I don't just, even. I'm just here to prove a point. I don't even. Yeah, I'm just yeah. here to prove a point. I don't. I don't. I'm not even here in that. So right. And they basically like said like, how much money do we need to pay you to work here? And at that point, you know, I was making. You know, once once everything I figured out, I was probably clearing like twenty six bucks an hour at my full time job, and I was like, that was for me. It was like I can't imagine making that kind of money. And I was like, all right, um, twenty six bucks an hour. And they went okay. And I went. I could have got it. And I and I was like, can I change that? Can I change it to thirty? Can I? You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know. And so they're like, all right, when can you start? And I was like, oh, oh, I guess I'm doing this now. You know, yeah. like, cool. So I started, and, and how, so I started working the door because I could read IDs. I worked at the police department, so I knew what a fake ID looked like. Right. Uh, and they, they thought I knew how to talk to people. And I didn't really, I wasn't shy, but I didn't know how to bullshit right. quite well yet. And that's what the door did for me. And so I, I started working at uh, Molly's at the front door in November 2011. Um, and so I had a great time while I was there. Um, but like I said, one thing that's different now is I wasn't alone. I worked that door probably two months with a with a doorman standing right next to me. Still and the same way, and that's what well, that's all I did though. It hasn't changed. It's still the same way. It's still do the same way. S- sort of a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little. It, I mean, it's it's not as long. So I mean, like like right. my, so like the first month I didn't do anything. I sat on the bench next to the doorman and I watched him work. I watched him talk to people. He showed me IDs. After the first couple weeks, he started showing me how to do things. But I sat there and looked at him. I didn't. I didn't. So I didn't work the dance floor. I didn't right. work the back door. Right. I didn't do ice. I didn't do chairs. All I did was door. And then after like the first like three or four weeks, then he's like, "All right, you stand here. I'm gonna stand next to you." And I would check IDs, and he would look at it. And then after a while, he kind of graduated to the point where he was now sitting down just watching me. And so, but that's all I did was door, right. door, 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 door. And so when it was time to close and clean up, we did door procedures. When it was time for the guys inside to do something else, no, you're on the door, you're doing this. Right. And that was all I did. I never worked any other position other than door. Um, okay. And so it was assigned, you know, and so I got paid better than everyone else because uh, my job was important. Um, and so the guys who worked the dance floor got paid second to me. Guys who worked the back door got paid l- the least because they were backdoor people. And that's how you're trained. And if you wanted right. to move up, you trained in different positions, but you never trained on door. Guys for the door were hired to work the door. Okay. Um, and so you were a doorman, and that was your only title. Um, I think the only bar that I know now that doesn't really have bouncers is the one in Sunnyvale, the Irish pub in Sunnyvale. Oh, Fibbers? Or Fibbers. Lily Max? Uh, Fibbers Lily doesn't have any... They used to. I, cause I used to run security there. No, they don't. That's interesting. I'd, I'd love to... Pretty uh, pretty nice lady. Uh, I talked to her, the oh, owner. Irene? Yeah, she's fucking dope. <laughs> she, uh, she told me some stories. <laughs> uh, I bet she did. I, I bet she, she did. She fucking told me some stories because uh, she said... I think it was uh, a couple of us were there. and Because uh, I do go out a lot to yeah. like, Montague and, and Sunnyvale. So, and I usually just hit up... Because each of those pubs is a different vibe. Like, it's different. Uh, yeah, I... I um, crowds, too. 
I went. I moved over to to, to Fibbers like four months in. They uh, the security manager there left, and and because of my background and how well I was doing this, they said, "Hey, you want to take this on?" They paid me like thirty bucks an hour to do that. And I was like, you know, right. same same as what I'm doing kind of now. Um, but I had a lot of fun. We had a great time. And what's nice about that is I got to choose my team. And so Molly's did all the hiring, and then and then you were assigned to go to Fibbers. Right. Um, kind of like how we do at O Flats. It's like you're hired at O Flats, but then you're assigned to go to Five Points. And so, right. but it, but then you could work either bar. And so they, I got to choose my team. So I cho- I got, you know, like four brand new, three brand new guys. Never worked bouncing before. And they're like, why that? I'm like, because now I have a chance to mold them how I want them to be. Right. And so I had one guy who's in real estate now. He's a good buddy. He's, uh, you know, if you ever need a household, Jordan Mott's the guy to go to. And the guy's a beast. He's one of the top-selling realtors in the, in the country. Just phenomenal dude. Um, you know, uh, Eric, uh, you know, he's he's works. I'm not sure. I, last I thought he was working at Safeway, but I'm not sure. He was doing, <laughs> no, not, no, not like, 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 you know, like management type stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah nothing, you know. Um, no, but it's crazy, like, from where he was at to, like, Safeway. It's yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. How did that even happen? He uh, he had a couple <laughs> kids and and didn't want to like get us you know his face smashed in and and there was and there's a story coming I'll tell you, um, you know so I got to mold that team and right. so it was it was a lot of fun in that aspect to try and it was especially good to kind of grow in that that way but I ended up leaving because my full time job offered me a management position so I was like all right cool I got to bounce out right and it just happened to coincide with a really bad event um, so like uh, October twenty. 13, 2013, yeah, Jesus, it's coming up on that time. Um, I um, we we had an issue for the past couple weeks with like a group of you know Samoan dudes, um, you know, face tattoos, you know, kind of pieces right. of shit. Um, and uh, one night, as a Friday night, we 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 told him no, we're not letting you in because he keep giving our bartenders a hard time when security's not here. So we're just gonna say no, no more because uh, security only worked. Wednesday nights and then Thursday through Wednesday through Saturdays we had security there. Sunday through Tuesday there's no security on on, uh, on site. Um, and so we had six of these guys that so they're not coming in, and you know one of the guys comes out of the group and he's the head of security for uh, another downtown bar. Right. Was wasn't he was there? Um, and he says, "Come on, man, I'm a bouncer like you. Come and help me out." He's pulling that card, and I went, "All right, yeah. you know that's I mean." You're responsible for them. We're not going to deal with them. We're just going to call the cops. We're not going to. We're not going to do anything about right. it. And so they were trying to chill for most of the night, and then you know somebody stepped on one of their sneakers, and then they had to go. And then by that point, I mean, there wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about drinks at that point. Now when I'm at like right. Febbers or uh, sorry, when I'm at O Flats or or my uh, Five Points, if somebody orders car bombs or AMFs, like I have the bartenders let me know because now I'm now I'm thinking that aspect. I have that mindset of like, all right. What's going to lead them to be aggressive? Right. Your shots, not that big of a deal, but an AMF, all right, you know, I, I know what to expect now. Car bomb, somebody's going to throw up. AMF, somebody's going to try and fight me. That's literally like the freaking, the, the recipe of... It is, of, truly of, is, like, yeah. getting yourself fucked up. Ex- with, yeah. You know, Long lives. Islands or, you know, somebody comes yeah. up and works a strong island, they're they're, they're not going to make it. I know that I know that Five Points doesn't. But you can't uh, blame them because oh, yeah. they, they, they don't know better. Yeah. I mean, exactly. that's what they used to. That's what they know how to drink. Hey, I, I drank AMS when so, I was a kid, too. But, you know, but these are like, you know, 27, 28, 29, 30-year-olds drinking AMS. Like, you're, you have a purpose for drinking AMS. Yeah. You're, you're going to get fucked up. Yeah. Um, I like to do it in a slow manner with beer and shots, <laughs> you know. Take your time. Um, yeah, exactly. Um and so we ended up removing it. So it just it was just by happenstance. Um, Eric Eric's a big tall guy. He's bigger than I am. Um, 
he ends up removing a, a little uh, little Asian kid who drank two AMFs because we kicked his buddy out earlier because he was drunk, and then he pounded two AMFs to make up for his buddy not being there. Um, how, how does that fucking make sense? I don't know idea. But my like, buddy he, left, so let me just drink yeah, two. Yeah, we, we kicked his buddy out, and then he walks up. He's where my friend. He has an AMF and has two AMFs in his hand. And we're like, oh, we got to kick him out. He's drunk. He goes, okay, this is mine. Then and sucked it down, and we're like, oh god, this guy's gonna be an issue later. Yeah. And so we he ends up passing on the bar, so we pick him up and carry him outside where. You know he's he's like fluent enough to get like home, and right. so we, we and we we always took care of people. We call our cab for him, we give him a cab voucher so they can get home. You know we put like you know water in their you know in their you know pockets and right. you know towel over their shoulders so they had stuff. You know, right. um, you know plastic bag for the for the taxi driver. You know just because we were like we don't want people to like die in a car crash, so we, right. we took care of you. And so we're sitting there on the side waiting for the tax to show up, and these Samoan dudes roll up, and they go, what'd that guy say to us? And we're like, guys, he didn't say shit to you. He doesn't know what his name is. He doesn't know where he right. is. He didn't say anything to you. No, no, he called me. And they said a racial slur that's designated towards Samoans. Right. Uh, coconut N-word is what it was. And uh, okay. and I and we're like, no, he didn't say shit to you guys. Just back off. And this dude pushes. You know, I, I'm kind of sitting there like talking to him. And this guy, like, basically, like, bum rushes me, pushes me down, so I, I fall to the side, and he socks this kid square in the face and just Whoa. broke his teeth. And so, that's not cool. So, we jump into it with them, and so there's six of them, and there's two of us there at that time. Eventually, the other, because um, uh, there's four of us total, including a manager, so three bouncers and a manager, uh, eventually, everyone else from our bar comes piling out. And so we're we're in a down, downright Donnie right. broke with these guys, and um, you know I'm, I'm getting this guy have him like you know basically in, in like a manipulation hole. I'm holding them, and all of a sudden everything went black. And I woke up about a minute and a half later, and downtown Sunnyvale was going like this. It was going up and down, up Whoa. and down, up and down. And I was like, "Whoa, what what happened?" I didn't feel anything. I was completely numb. But I kind of like looked to the side, and there's this dude on top of me, hit me by my beard, and the top of my head and was slamming my head into the concrete. Whoa. And I kind of had that like quick thought of like, holy shit, I'm gonna die. Uh, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna fucking kill me. Right. Um, and so I like, I kind of rotated my body. I ended up getting wrapping my legs like around his torso, um, and then I was able to pull his hand off my beard and like put it into like a wrist lock. So I was like tight, you know, as like you know, wrist was tight, you know, in my in my hand. And he had still had a full control over my head because his hands were so big he could palm my my big melon. Right. And uh, and I kind of said like, hey man, listen, because I'm like I said, I'm an asshole. Uh, regardless of what situation I'm right. in. And I said, hey, man, how about this? How about we call it a draw? Uh, <laughs> obviously, I didn't win, and I don't think you won because, you know, you didn't, you didn't kill me, so we'll call, it a nice, right. we'll call it a nice even situation. And he went, fuck you, motherfucker, and he picked me up again, and I just snapped his wrist. I just I, I pushed his wrist as hard as I could until I heard it snap, and I just twisted till I felt like gravel. And so he, like, gets up, he's screaming, he's holding his hand. I found it later, I gave him a spiraling fracture down his, down both his uh, radius and his ulnar. And so he's permanently disabled with his left hand because of it. Right. Um, and so he's looking at his hand, and I'm looking around, and uh, and I, I, you know, I see one of my bouncers um, smoking. I'm, like, watching, er like, everyone's fighting somebody. Bouncers from other bars are there fighting people, um, you know. Fucking total chaos. It's total chaos. And I'm, like, I'm, like confused I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's going on right so i go to my one bouncer i see on the sidelines like smoking a cigarette and i walked up and said what ha- what's been happening he goes oh it looks like you got knocked out and uh this guy's fighting that guy i'm like cool who have you fought and he said well nobody i'm not getting involved in this and i went okay have you called the cops he goes 
uh, no, and I go, cool. And I grabbed him by the shirt and the waist, and I threw him into the mix. I said, if you're not going to do shit, you're going to fight somebody. Right. And so I call 911, and uh, uh, because this is only a short time ago, I won't tell you how, how I got the cops out there quickly, but right. um, if you tell cops there's a weapon involved, they come out a lot faster. <laughs> um and so I ended up seeing, you know, everyone starts to hit the sirens start coming and all these, you know, sh- pieces of shit start getting up and running right. towards uh, like the Macy's parking lot that be over there, you know, in the big parking lot. Right, on, yeah, uh, yeah. On the yeah. north side. And so um, down, down, um, down right. Murphy Street. Right. And I see my guy running. He's holding his arm. And I'm kind of in my mind, I went, I gave you the shot of, of running away. You didn't want to take it. So I ran up behind him, knocked him to the ground, you know, put him in a, in a you know, manipulation hold and, and, you know, held him there until PD got there. And so, um, you know, or, you know, disabled him until till PD got there. Right. And so so I'm sitting there and the cops are talking to me and and, uh, and I'm talking to him and I'm, I'm kind of like looking at him. But they're like, what are you looking at? So I'm looking at you. What, I'm trying to show respect, man. And I just got my shit knocked out of me and yada, yada, yada. And he's like, but I'm over here. And I realized... The three cops I was talking to were the same person, but I was seeing a triplet. Uh, the entire right side of my face was smashed in. Um, I had a spiral end fracture in my skull. Uh, my right eye was swollen shut. I was bleeding out of my ear. Um, they thought I dislocated my jaw. Um, and uh, and so, you know, I had paperwork to do. <laughs> that was my mindset. It was like, I got, I got stuff to do. So EMS was like, do you want to ride to the hospital? And at this point, you know, my folks and my family figured out that I was working security at a bar. And, and in my parents, you know, perspective, there's nothing worse. You can be a bounty hunter or a bouncer. Those are right. both bad B words. Uh, funny enough, I do both of them now. But, um, you know, you're going to get hurt. And I was like, right. I can't can't ride an ambulance because then my, I, my folks will know that I got hurt. Because I have to pay an ambulance bill at some point. I was like, I'll just drive myself to the hospital. So I drove myself to Santa Clara Kaiser. Uh, eventually, and um, I had a massive concussion. Um, like I said, I had I had a spiral line fractures in my right. skull and my face, but nothing that they would do anything about. Just here's some pain, here's some painkillers, and yeah. good luck. Um, but I couldn't, couldn't take painkillers because the concussion would make me fall asleep, and so I could only I can take like ibuprofen. Right. And so like um, Eric came came eventually came and like sat with me in the ER because he felt responsible for it. Um, we talked later, and he was like indebted like he's like, you know, like a life servant kind of thing right. and can i kind of had to tell him like listen i if i didn't want to get involved i wouldn't got involved you didn't do this your right. job was to keep people safe my job's to keep people safe that guy was unsafe because of these people it's not your fault right. um and so now whenever i need anything from him i'm all like hey remember how you owe me <laughs> exactly um but did that did that make you test like the people like the team that you had at the time like To see how they were react to the situation like um, that. Um, for the most part, most of those guys, you know, I was I had no problem with. Uh, obviously, right. the guy that didn't get involved, um, he we started he got treated a lot differently uh, right. because of that. And like I didn't want him there, but he was dating a, a bartender, so he yeah. was okay to be there. One of those situations. But he was one of those guys that he was he was small, so he talked shit, but then didn't back it up. I mean, right. he's gotten in fights before. But he was he he knew better than everyone else because he'd been bouncing long before I was. Right. But like I remember once like we told some dude like this dude was like six foot eight like an MMA fighter he's a big freaking dude, and we told him we were kicking him out because he couldn't keep his hat on straight. And that was one of our one of our rules. We had a dress code, so you had to wear your hat forwards or not at all, no backwards caps. Right. We were kicking him out for dress code, you know. And so he's talking shit and he's like, I mean, he got to the point where he was up close to me and I'm looking at him, you know, head straight up. 
and kind of like and he's like we got him out but he wanted to hit one of us but we had a lot of guys there um and so he's because we also had a we had a biker group that was there uh the ruthless riders had a a chapter in sunnyvale so whenever we had people who were going to kick out we'd go grab one of their probies uh, mm. And comp their uh, comp their, their president's tab, <laughs> you know. Right. And so we had a good working ratio. So we had like a bunch of guys like, all right, let's get out of here. And so as he's walking out, you know, this guy is at the front door, and we're like, hey man, just leave him alone, let him go. And he says, well, he's doing this. And I stepped in front of him to tell him something, and this dude straight up grabbed our bouncer, picked him up as our Christmas time. I remember this. Picked him up by the by the pants and threw him into a Christmas tree, Whoa. and just walked past, and then walk continue walking. And so this guy, this bouncer in the tree went down. He goes, are you guys not going to do anything? We're like, no, we told you not to screw. Look at the size of that guy. Right. We told you not to screw with them. Um, but he would do that. Like we like back patio fibers. He would sit on the back patio and like chirp at people as they walked out. And then, then they'd come up and start talking shit. And then he would go run and say, these guys are trying to fight with me. I'm like, we watched you on camera chirp at them. We saw you do it. Yeah. So you get to go handle it. If you want, if you want some, you got it. And we'd shove them out the back door. Like, But is that idea that some of those guys have like, oh, like I, I could do this shit because because you know. I'm wearing a shirt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a magic shirt. You put on that shirt, you get girls, and you get to start fights, and people respect you because you're a bouncer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just you know I I'm happy that that's changing. You know, unfortunately, it's still a, it's it's not a strictly bouncer thing. I think it's a young man thing. Um, if you look at people, think about people who work at our bar, for example. Uh, you know, yeah. Yeah, the, the younger guys that start chirping at people. Right. It doesn't matter on size, really. I mean, we've I've had conversations with, with guys and say, like, if they're walking away, don't chirp at them. Our goal is accomplished, that they're not in they're our They're walking away from the, from the fucking premises. Exactly. Like they're not even there. Yeah. When you came in, how did you get around O'Flaherty's? Like, well, how does that happen? Like, well, how do you, who do you talk to, like? I'm sure it has to do with with, with Fibber when you were there, probably. So, actually, sort of. So Dave worked at Fibber's. Um, the, the ownership worked at Fibber's for a little while. Um, and so I worked at Katie's for about three years. Um, Katie Blooms and Campbell had a lot of fun there. It was just kind of a general security. So I worked the door, worked the back door, worked the dance floor. I was I was the cooler. I was the guy that they always got in fights. So if you're like this. When, when did you work at Katie Blooms? I was at Katie Blooms from 2015 through uh, 2016. Yeah. 2016 through 2019. We probably crossed paths. Oh, more than most definitely. Yeah, definitely you and I crossed paths. Oh, yeah. Because I would go there a lot. Yeah, I, yeah, we were there all the time. Uh, so my manager actually, so I was, um, you know, I, I had just, I was not married yet, but we're like, you know, my wife and I were about to get married, so we're like looking for extra cash, and I was salaried at, at my full-time job, mm-hmm. so no extra cash there. Um, and so I was looking online for like part-time security gigs and I saw a bar position downtown San Jose on Craigslist. So I reached mm-hmm. out and it was, um, former manager and I know he wouldn't want to be named, so I'll, I'll leave that out. Um, and, uh, reached out and kind of said like, you know, went to O Flats and I was like, holy shit, I haven't been here in years. I mean, we, we had drinking parties at O Flats when I was at Fibbers and Molly. Right. So I knew, I knew of Marcus. Which I would love you to share that story about how you, oh yeah, how you got so, to oh, know. How, how, <laughs> how, how, how I first met Marcus was in a, you know, a bar fight that I started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's a pretty weird way to like, uh, so, and that's, that. the, and that's why I tell people is like, so I've, I've been thrown out of one bar. Oh, actually, technically I've been thrown out of two bars. My first bar I was ever thrown out of was the wagon wheel. Uh, downtown, um, I was thrown out of the spot in Campbell, but I was invited back in when they realized that I didn't start a fight. I just defended myself, right? Um, and and they they also knew I worked at Molly's, so that helped a little bit. Um, 
And then at Molly's, you know, kind of like how our staff parties for, for those of you that, that don't know how like bar staff parties work is they never, they never happen during the holiday season. It's always during an off season. So like late summer is typically when you see a lot of holiday parties happening. Right. Um, and so what we would do is our ownership would basically, we'd rent limos or rent cars or party vans or whatever. We'd go to dinner somewhere and then we'd find an Irish pub in the area and we'd put a, our ownership would put a credit card down and say open bar for whatever they want. And so we'd get, we'd have a lot of fun. And so at some point, I don't know what happened or how it happened, but we, there was a fight amongst the bouncers and at Molly's, you know, Molly's alone had eight bouncers on at any given time. Uh, Fibbers, we had four on at any given time. And so we had a staff of about 25 people kind of rotating through. Um, and somehow somebody got pissed off at somebody and we started, there was a, a, a Donnybrook broke right. out inside of, um, you know, O'Flats. And by this point, we're all hammered. So Marcus, being the good doorman that he was, was trying to get people out because we were too drunk to be in there anyway. Right. Uh, and so there's, you know, 15 to 25 of us fighting each other in the bar, throwing punches, picking up chairs and ramming each other with them. Um, I mean, it went on for, it probably only lasted probably like a minute, maybe even right. less to the point where like people, people at the bar were like, well, look at that. They're fighting. And we're in, in the, like the little, like, you know, table area. Tables yeah, yeah. are being moved, chairs being thrown, and one of our servers comes in and says, hey, that creepy guy outside tried grabbing me. And all of us went, click, bouncer mode, and just went charging out the front door, jumping over the front fence, mm-hmm. and running after some unknown transient down the street. And then by the time we came back, we are all happy and friends, and Marcus comes up and goes, you guys aren't coming back in. You started a fight in the bar, <laughs> you're drunk, you're not doing it. And yeah, basically yeah. all of us, like one person's talking to Marcus, and the rest of us are climbing over the fence. You know, it's a little short fence, he's yeah, three yeah. feet tall, and he's, no, we're not, you're not coming back in, we're cutting you off. We're like, man, fuck you, Marcus. <laughs> you, know, you can't stop all of right. us. <laughs> you know. Right. And so it, that's how, you know, but that's how it was. We And then we cleaned up the bar, everyone was happy-go-lucky afterwards, and we left, and you know, probably spent 10 15 grand that night right. just you know whatever you know open bar and then tip well on it um so we, we had a lot of fun that was that was a good time but um i didn't even recognize that O'Flaherty's was where i knew marcus worked there but i didn't know that that's where i was interviewing at and so i went and i interviewed and um you know they you know, kind of said like you probably have more experience than almost everyone in the bar except for marcus and i was like okay yeah i know marcus you know cool 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 um, and so I started working there when I was a, you know, as a doorman, uh, in 2019 and that was Katie's, F- Molly's and Fibbers, we had training programs. You were trained to do your job right. and you didn't do anything else. Um, I like cross training people because I wanted people to share that door responsibility so right. people could move on. Um, Katie's was, they didn't care. They didn't have a dress code. They didn't have really have any policies. As long as you didn't piss off the bartenders, you're cool. We didn't give a shit that much. Um, you know, they made us do an ABC, ABC class, which was funny, I thought, because we didn't, we didn't really fucking enforce anything. Right. Um, and then I came to came to O-Flats, and I was working at O-Flats for a while first, and uh, I remember... Uh, how, was, how was the team in O-Flats when you came in? Like, the... You know, the, it was... the environment? Yeah, it was different. It was, I mean, it was very similar to Katie's, but they were very, like, they, they had things a certain way that they liked to be done, right. and, and I didn't, I wasn't used to that. Um, because again, I came from either a manager or a bar that didn't have any rules. And so I remember, um, I remember the first time Dom yelled at me. Um, I don't know if Dom listens to this podcast, but, uh, I, some guy asked for a towel and I walked from the front door to the, to the service station at the end to get a towel. And I walked back and Dom came over and was yelling at me because I, I left the front door and I was like, I don't see the 
to the big deal of this. But I, I but I was new, so I was like, okay, right. oh my bad, I didn't mean to upset everyone. And then or, you know the the manager came over and was like, you can't do that. And so they had a yeah, and they had a stool there. And so I was sitting at the stool and they said, no, no, you can't sit at the stool. You, you have it's something for you to lean on. And that's why it's there. And I was like, oh, okay, all right, you know, hey, I'm new here, right. I'm new here, so I'll, I I take my legs and move on. And then I stand at the back door, you know, next to the bathrooms, um, because the Peggy Sue's was still there, and I would watch every other bouncer walk around the, go out to the side, have a cigarette, walk to the inside, screw around. The manager even was sitting there on the, you know, sit on the stool and sit there and hang out, talk to people. Right. And I was kind of like, what the fuck? I was like, oh, maybe it's because I'm new. Maybe they're giving me a hard time. But it was right. kind of consistent, and and so that was. Then I started getting assigned to Five Points, and I was like, hey, I'm cool working at O Flats. I want to work at Five Points because Marcus is over there. And Marcus actually gave a shit about training me. Right. And not just reprimanding me for, for like, bullshit things. I was like, well, I can sit at the chair, but you can sit at the chair. Well, yes, because I'm the manager. Okay, I hate I hate that. And so I don't do that. I, I some of the things when I when I became manager, you know, recently and when I've worked anywhere, anywhere else, right. is I don't like telling people, like, yes, rules for thee, but not for me. Uh, no, we're all in together. So, you, right. I mean, if you guys come by the bar, you'll see me running around inside. Yeah, there's different responsibilities that I have. Right. And there's some things I don't do anymore because I don't have to do them anymore. But if you say, hey, I need help with the DJ stuff, I'm not going to say no. I'm going to help you with the DJ stuff. Right. Hey, can you take care of, you know, pulling the cords? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I have no problem doing that. Um, you know, but but you, can you watch this while he's in the bathroom? No, I can't do that. I'm the manager now. No, it's that we're all on this. We're all on the same team. Right. Um, that's where I wear the same uniform. So, you know, I don't have anything that says manager on me. So, you know, it's out of my shitty personality. Not only that, but you're also a fucking target for people that are fucked up. Like, that's the manager. I gotta go talk to that person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that I, also and, protects you a little bit too. And that's why I trust me. And that's why the, yeah. the, the kind of the thing is when, you know, when I came, so when I came over, you know, that was I, my first night at five points, I got in a fight and that's what made Marcus like me. Uh, I just, I dropped this big Mexican dude. Um, cause, but, cause my full-time job is I train each force. Right. And so I so I do all the stuff for you know hands on stuff and so I, I tactical finally, stuff finally got to experiment with some of the things right. and I dropped this big dude and Mark is like I like this guy um, <laughs> and so I, he's had a request and I work at five points all the time right. so that was a lot of fun um, but but yeah so it was just different it was just you know it was like a club that I wasn't being invited into right. and I was I, I was working there and you know I didn't like. I didn't ever drink there. It was just not my thing. I, I, I live in Gilroy. Why would I drink in downtown San Jose the pur- for the purpose of getting fucked up, especially after that brain injury? Right. I, I don't I don't drink heavy anymore. You know, right. I have a beer after work, some shots. But Yeah, I mean, we've done it. Like, yeah. beer, and then we just go but home. But then go home, because I, got, yeah. I have to drive. It's, I have a 45-minute drive from it. And I had to work the next day, so I'm just like, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Get fucking so I, I remember once I came in, and uh, one of our old doormen, uh, Tim, who lives in, out in Hawaii now, came in and was like, man, we're going to get mad fucked up. And I was like... No, dude, I'm like doing some work. I'm having a beer after work, and and that's about it. And he's like, right. "Okay, we're gonna get mad, somewhat not sober anymore." We're like, "Yeah, that's basically where I was." I mean, my first time getting drunk was a staff party a month ago. I've never gotten drunk at O'Flaherty's or Five Points. That was my first time ever doing that. It's the first time I saw a lot of people get fucked up. Oh yes, a lot of them. Yes, some servers uh, threw up. You know, it's a good time. It was good. I mean, but I also realized that it's not always is rare. It is gonna be rare to see everybody get like that together. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna because everybody works different shifts. Everybody has different times. Uh, you know, the different different uh, situations. And that's the thing about about working in a bar, and especially in security. Um, right. You will not be friends with someone until you drink together, 
where you fight together. Yeah. And and fighting is best. If you can fight and get in a fight with someone together, there's there's a trust there all, all, automatically. Exactly. Um, I mean, I, I tell you know, James this every time I see him. Um, and Ro. You know, Ro's last night. Last night of the bar was last night. So, you know, shout out to Ro. Miss you. Miss your brother. Um, I tell everyone, Ro and James saved my life. And, you know, and I don't take that lightly. Um, right. You know, had a situation a couple weeks ago where... Uh, muscling a dude out, and and I fell, uh, and the dude tried to kick me in the face, and Rowan James jumped on him and you know slammed him against the wall and got him out eventually. Right. Nobody was out ultimately that badly injured. You know, I had some scrapes and bruises, but that was about it. But that dude aimed to kick me in the face. That's the life. You last see that guy was gonna kill yeah, me. Yeah, his aim was to fucking disable you. Exactly, that's what it was. And, and you know, and so you know, though James is new, you know, um, you know, nothing wrong with that. But the fact is, like, you know, you have that respect now. Yeah, um, and everybody has their own perspective of how they see themselves. Uh, and what I like about this team, though, is like they're not afraid to to show their weaknesses. Like tell you, hey, I'm not good at this. Like, but and they're know. willing to learn. Exactly. That's that for me. Um, you know, every time I hire somebody, I use the same line because it's something that my old boss used to say to me. If you say one plus one equals five, and you sit there and thought about it, and in your head it made sense, but it didn't work. Okay. There's a problem with your logic. We can right. work on that. We can fix that. Yeah. If you said fuck and flipped a coin, I can't work with that. Right. And so, I mean, um, you know, you're, you're screw up. And for those of you that don't know, there are some people I kicked out and, and they snuck into the bar somehow. And I'm 100% sure the angel let him in. Uh, but he says he didn't. That's fine. Whatever. Right. You know, <laughs> he snuck in somehow. Um, regardless. I agree to disagree. Agree Let's to disagree. Let's go on that. But regardless of that, I was irritated. And, you know, we had, our, we had our, you know, our, our issue about it. And right. then that was the end of it. And, yeah. and, and, and Angel said, okay, that won't happen again. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to work on that. Cool. Right on. Even if we agree to disagree. Uh, right. We've had some bouncers chirp at people. And I say, hey, you big fucking idiot. Don't do that. And they go, okay. All right. And then I walk away and I forget about it because that's all I need to say to most people. Right. And then I've had people come up to me afterwards like, hey, I really thought about what you said. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, that incident. Oh, okay, cool. Well, what did you learn? I won't, it won't happen again. Right. Okay, and it, it's still going to happen but, because... But, but I think I didn't think when I came into this whole spectrum, um, I kinda, I came in and I, and I left and then I came back yeah. for some reason. Yeah. When I came in, it, it was it was already in the process of the, the, everything was changing. Like at the time when I came back, I mean, uh, came to different like management because it was different yeah. for you and marcus and then yeah and when i came in you guys were already into you know in charge and that kind of sense so but you guys already had your wheels on mind look turning everything in a different way and little by little i mean hasn't been that long yeah we've been through a lot of like co-workers that have been gone to but yeah. now i feel like we're going to that stage where uh, at least for now, the way I feel it is like every, all the guys right now, like everybody is like very like close together. Yeah, we have a, like. we have a core team. We yeah. have a core team, and there's you know there's going to be issues. There's there's of course going to be issues, but um, right. this was you know this is my my in my mind like Fibers two point like all right cool I, I now have a fresh team, right. and and that was kind of the thing is that because when I when this all the transition happened, I was in Hawaii, uh, and so I've I've spent a lot of out you know, work out there for uh, my full time job. And, you know, they call, you know, I got a call from ownership and they said, hey, you know, former manager is no longer with us. He left for personal reasons. Okay, cool. Um, and, you know, the former manager and I, you know, there's no secret about it. We didn't get along super well because right. um, I respect the title. I don't necessarily respect the man. 
Um, and that's, that's how I'm in with everything. Like I said, there's a professional standard. If you're wearing the same uniform I am, I will be there for you 100%, whether I like you or not. Right. Um, but we won't hang out. We're not going to be friends. We're not going to go on each other's podcasts and, you know, screw around and right. that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so, you know, they kind of said like, Hey, you know, Marcus is going to do his thing. You're going to do your thing. You're going to be managers together. Right. And I think that's a great way of doing it because it shares that stress, shares that level of responsibility. It's not one person dealing with the situation. It's actually two. Exactly. And then you just pick it up from each other. Yeah. And I mean, Marcus and I combined have over 50 years of security experience and, you know, together. And so he's worked in bars for 15, 20 years. I've worked in bars for 10 years, but I've worked in HR and training for 15 right. years. Um, and so, so that's kind of what they said is like, hey, you know, Marcus is going to do flats and I'm going to do five points. And we're gonna, I'm going to be responsible for training for both bars. He's scheduling both bars. I kind of right. do the HR paperwork side of things, the hiring and stuff. Um, and, you know, and we don't hire everybody. There's some people that we're some people that decline us, which is fine. You know, best wishes right. to them. And there's people that I don't hire because I go, I'm not going to be good for a bar. They're not, the personality doesn't fit. Or um, we had one guy that actually I fired from a former job that he didn't remember me. Um, mm. Yeah, he, he accused me of being a racist uh, because uh, he called in sick and no no call, no show for four days. Which I hate when they do that shit. Yeah, it's uh, horrendous. Um, it bothers me so much. But that's something that we're trying to change with our bar because, right. you know, traditionally, you know, you got a schedule printed out and here's your schedule. You're here, here, and here. Oh, I need this weekend off. Okay, cool. See ya. Um, and it's like trying to get people to like recognize that, hey, two weeks in advance, we have a scheduling system. You know, there's a bunch of changes happening and, and like... Um, you know, we kind of talk, Marcus and I talk about a lot about the, the old days. And so the, the old days was, you know, you got trained for a position like I was in Molly's. Right. Um, if you did a pat down and found drugs on somebody, you kicked them out and you took their drugs. I, 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 well, I'm not a user by any means. I don't, right. I've never used anything. I've smoked pot a few times, but that wasn't really about it. And then that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then, right. um, you know, but I had guys in the bar that did Coke, so I'd give them the Coke. And that was the end, you know, they do what they did. Different um, times. Yeah, different times. Um, yeah. You know, if you had weapons on you, well, sometimes bouncers carried other things. And so, like, one of my old managers carried, like, a expandable baton with a with a, um, a spring on it. And so it would whip. And Ooh. and so that was his thing during fights. Is he, and I, I, but, I, you know, I'm, my opinion is you're a bouncer. Where it's California especially, we know that 99% of people aren't carrying large weapons. Weapons right. I'm definitely concerned about. Um so there's no need for anything for you to carry anything. If you're a bouncer, you should be able to handle somebody physically. Right. Um, yes, there's you know there's there's no rules in a street fight, but the general rule is if you don't have weapons, the other guy doesn't have weapons, and that's how you deal with it. Right. You know, kick him in the nuts, grip, pull hair, bite. You know, that's all that's all on the table. Right. But you pull out a you know a taser or a baton or a can of OC or whatever. It's like, come on, don't so, something, don't, something's gonna happen for yeah. sure. Like at that point, yeah. So you know. Yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, these are all things that we're, we're trying to keep that consistent with right. old school bouncing. But at the same time, you know, how do we work with this together? Because I think I had a conversation with them actually on, I think, Wednesday. Like, uh, um, me and him were talking because he was there on Wednesday. We were just. Yeah. Uh, and he said, he, he, to, to your point, he was like, yeah, uh, bouncing changed a lot. Like, it's completely different. Like, you can't no longer be a goon anymore. Yeah. You can't do that anymore. That mentality, yeah. like. I know there's a lot of guys out there that um, that just because uh, they have that mentality, they got trained by like an old school mentality yeah. from different type of bouncers, the old school bouncers, like that that, that doesn't work anymore at, the, at this point. Yeah, like, uh, I mean that's we're trying to even get away know. from the word bouncer. I mean security yeah. staffs what we're hiring for. We and I make the mistake because I was raised, I was trained as a bouncer. Right. 
And so, so I'm, you know, evolving my mindset on it even. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's exactly it. I mean, I remember at Molly's, you know, um, you'd, you'd pick up a girl and, you know, guys would go bang him in the parking lot, behind the dumpster even, you're in the bar. Um, I was never that guy. I never, I've never drank on duty. I've never had sex on duty. I've never, I don't, you know, when I was, when I was single, okay, you meet girls and you pick them up and go on dates and that kind of stuff. But I was never that kind of like the goon. That's a great example, you know, great word to use. Um, I mean, if somebody, a bartender made a drink, yeah, take a straw and, you know, do that. But I never drank on duty. And at this point, if you, somebody like that, let's say will come right now, like you, you hire them and, or whatever for situation it comes into the bar since they won he probably won't he won't fit in like he yeah. he would he would have probably would have been like the, the politics of the bars at this point yeah like, i yeah. like this place yeah and you know yeah. we we and we had we've had a few people that like lasted a day and right. the server staff i mean and that's that's the big thing for us is the server staff are, are phenomenal Our servers are you know best in the business kind of folks right um love them to death uh but they're they're a litmus test and so we'll hire somebody, or or somebody will be, be hired. This is a guy that was hired before me, uh, right before I left for Hawaii the first time, and he lasted a day uh, because he walked around talking shit like he was part of the team, and being the server said, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Right. And you know, oh well, I'm so and so, and they're like, "Yeah, we don't like you." And that was the end of it. Never worked there again. Yeah. Fired him the next day because we're like, "You don't, you don't work well for us. You're not part of our you know, family." Yeah. And so there's there's a sense of humility that has to come there first, where there's a learning curve. Um, you know, I, I just, you know, you gotta, you gotta be part, you can't just walk in and own the place. Right. Um, and so I think that's a big part of it. And so, um, kind of the thing that when I talked to these, I was out in Hawaii again last week doing training and one of the great lines we heard is that I'm a professional student. Um, right. I'm always learning. And so I, I could be the king of everything. I'm that's in charge. Good, of that's all. a pretty good philosophy to carry yourself. Yeah, I, I'm like, a security manager. I know, I know, I know what it means to do this, this, this. But I'm a professional student. Man. I'm always gonna learn something. And so you know, there's managers that I bump heads with because that's how it is. Um, and we go, okay, how do we figure this out to a solution that we're both happy with, right. or at least the point where we can both agree to disagree and just move on from there. Yeah, and, you know. And so I'll tell people, like, listen, I, I love you as a person. I think of you as a great friend. I respect you greatly. But I think you're a freaking idiot right now. Yeah. And, and being okay with doing that. Yeah. And, you know, Marcus and I don't agree on it with everything, um, you know, as, as of some some. Incident. Which is normal. I mean, if you guys are always agreeing on everything, then, then there's a problem. Yeah. Either one of you guys is just going with the flow because yeah. you don't want any, any confrontation. Or you just don't give a fuck. You're like, okay, whatever you say, we go. And then yeah. that's a problem. Exactly. Because you know then they need that, that festers resentment. Exactly. And, you know, that turns yeah. into an issue. And so, like, there was, you know, an incident that happened recently where my mindset was fire, done, automatic, right. be gone. And Mark said, no, we're going to give these people another chance. We're going to work with them a little bit. I mean, and and, some, and I've been wrong in that aspect, and I, I have no problem admitting that. I mean, when we when we had two front doors at, at Five Points, we right. still technically do, but soon that will change. I said, that's an awful idea. And I was wrong. It turned out to be not a bad idea, but he had to figure out a way to make it work. Right. Um, and you know, and I, and I, you know, I, because I made my concerns known to one of our managers, and they said, "Okay, well, don't worry about it." And I said, "All right, well, I'm just putting it out there because if this goes wrong, you're, I'm gonna you know, make sure you know." Right. And then I was wrong, and I immediately called him and said, "Hey, I apologize. I was wrong." It yeah. worked out, and you, you were right. And I was. I should. Yeah. I should have trusted your judgment. My bad. Right. Um, if, and that's for me. What it was when I when I came back. Uh, Technically, it was like back, and when I came back, it was new staff too, like new, new, new waitresses too. I was like, "What? What happened?" Like, oh, I got yeah, I got carded <laughs> on my way back in the first time, and I was, I was like, like what? "Whoa, what's going on?" But the funny thing too is like when when I don't know, I think 
even uh, I think what what, what what did Marcus say is like, why do you guys always look pissed off? Why do yeah. your brothers look pissed off? It's not that we're pissed off. Yeah, it's just that. And I, I, somebody asked me too, like one of the one of the waiters, like, why are you always mad? Like, it's not that I'm mad. Just like I just came from my other, my other job. Yeah, like and this I told, and this is not a really excuse. It's yeah. just that when I I come here, like I gotta at least like if I'm always joking around and blah blah blah, blah like. like how am I really carrying myself? Your, your brother is much, much more resting bitch face than you are. Yeah. Um, and so, and you know, but it's one of those things where, you know, and I, I love him to death and, and, you know, always there for him, whatever he needs. But um, that's one of those things where it, my personality really does well in that aspect right. because I, you know, I work at full 40, 40 plus, And then right. I have a contract job and I have, you know, a wife and family right. and all that stuff. And, um, can't relate to the wife and family, but. Exactly. Yeah. yeah still, <laughs> um, but I understand. But I come to work and I go, New personality, right? But they, you know, and that's that's my um, something I'm gonna. I always say I'm gonna take back with me from Hawaii forever is that Aloha spirit. Uh, Aloha spirit out there is is you know what makes what makes people want to come out here. Is it the water? Is it the drinks? Is it the tropical? No, it's the people. People want to come to Hawaii because people are nice, right? Um, and that's something that I, I always try to take back with myself is I go okay. If someone walks up and asks me to, to where's the bathroom, or they don't, they can't find their ID, or they make that stupid, oh, it's a fake, <laughs> yeah, stupid ass joke. I laugh. I don't mean it, but I laugh and I go, oh, ha ha ha. You know, you know, it's, it irritates me. But I go, okay, this is their first time. This right. is their first time making that joke. I've heard it ten thousand times before. Right. So if I go, hey, fuck you and your fucking joke, Bill Pounce and. They're going to go up and tell their friends that, hey, the guys at Five Points are assholes. Go I don't want to drink bar. Right go somewhere yeah, else. Go somewhere else. Yeah. But because it's their first time, I need to make it feel like it's their first time. Right. And so, like, when we were seating people back when, uh, I think just before you got hired, when we were still in, like, like real strict COVID, you know, stuff, and we were seating people, um, they used to, all the servers would make fun of me and say, like, you're like a Disney cast member. You're just one of those guys that's like. That's what the fuck is that, too? Exactly. Yeah. Everyone's, you're so bubbly all the time. <laughs> I, and, you know, I make the same jokes. It's like, it's like I'm back in Google, bro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so nice and, and I go, hey, folks, how are we right. doing this evening? Have you ever been with us before? You know, uh, these are the rules. This is what's going on. Let's right. get this going. And let's get you see. Let's have you have a good time. And the next group <laughs> would come up and go, hey, folks, how are we doing? Because are you recognize that it's their first time. It's not right. my first time doing it. And if I don't like being around people, then I'm in the wrong industry. I mean, you, there's hundreds of jobs have gone remote. I could, you could do that if you want right. to do that. But we're in the industry of customer service. And we were in the industry of bringing people in. Um, what I told the guys at Fever is what I tell guys now, and you've probably heard me say it, is our job is to make sure that you're having a great time. Yeah. That's my job. That's my that's my one purpose in life as a bouncer is to make sure that you're having a great time. If you're not having a good time because of someone else, I'm going to solve that issue. And I realize a lot of people's mentality has changed too because the ones, uh, at least a few comments that I heard from people, it's that they're like, oh, you, it's a different vibe now. Like you, you guys mentality. I mean, not only that we look like a young team, because yeah. we're technically a lot of us are like a really young team. I mean, I'm only 31, so I'm not, you know, old, but, you know, Marcus is old, um, you know. <laughs> You, yeah, but uh, <laughs> the way they think, the way they see it is like, damn, it's, it's so nice. Like, you guys are so nice. Like, what? You know? It's just like, hey, if I were to come here drinking and the bouncer is an asshole, you know, the security guard is an asshole, yeah. I, want, I don't, I, I don't want to be inside. We're, I don't really want to come in. Like, we I are the just... first and the last contact for everyone. Yeah. We set the tone for how they're going to drink. We set the tone for how they're going to drive home. Yeah. And and that's the big portion of it is, is my job is to make sure that everyone's having a good time. Now, if there's an issue... You sometimes can't avoid that. It is what it right. is. We're going to catch a bad Yelp review every once in a while because we have to do our jobs. And our job is to say no. Uh, one of our GMs says, hey, our job is to say yes. We want to say yes to everyone. And that's not my job. Right. My job is safety. 
my job is to make sure that everyone's having a good time, but safely right. doing it. Um, and so, you know, that's just, it's just, you know, it is a changing of a mindset. Um, and, you know, part of that is, is transitioning people, not only customers into the mindset of these are nice guys. Right. You know, I'm nice until it's no longer time to be nice. Meekness is not a, is not a weakness. That's that's one of the things I always like to hear is people yeah. who are meek, you know, people who are seemingly unaggressive doesn't mean that you're a weak person. Um, you know, it always makes, makes me think people go, oh, you're just, a, you're just a fucking bouncer. I go, this is my second job. I have a full-time job too. Right. Uh, you know, we have engineers working on our bar staff. We have, you know, um, you know, software techs and we have all these really smart people on This is just a fun part-time job for me. Yeah, some of us, this is our full-time job, but that's not to say that it's a lesser thing. Right. Just because we work at a bar. It's just, it's literally, uh, it's as important as it is because you're yeah. technically, you know. Yeah. So that's what I kind of always trying to put out to people when they hear that conversation. It's like, meekness is not a weakness. I'm, I'm nice and I'm cordial to you until it's time to no longer be. Right. Rule number three. Be polite until it's time to no longer be polite. The only thing that I that I told somebody was, and he's recent too, that um, I'm not gonna say names. Probably told you after, but uh, <laughs> was that um, you know technically like you you know some bars will have the philosophy, oh uh, you know security, it's like a different thing. Like uh, you know uh, people put like ranks on it, like bartenders are right here, servers are right here, like they don't fuck each other, they think lesser, but so yeah, put the bar. But I told him, like, here, it's kind of, like, different. Like, we're, you know, we, everybody's pretty close to talk together. Uh, some of them, for sure, are more than others, you know. So, and I told them, don't don't take it the wrong way. Like, if, you know, they don't talk to you the same way, they'll talk to, like, you know, Marcus. Yeah. Marcus has yeah. been for a long time. Like, or talk to, you know, uh, of, don't feel weird if, like, somebody doesn't talk to you the same way. They talk to everybody else. That's how it is, you know. Yeah. Maybe they just don't yet. Maybe they haven't, they haven't talked to you yet. But in reality, too, is, like, they also depend on you because if you fuck up, then everybody fucks up. Yeah. Like, if you do something wrong, then everybody fucks up. Not yeah. only that, you, if, worst case scenario, the fucking bar closes because of a penalty or whatever, then you fuck everybody up. Not only you. Like, you, you're not working those days. The server's not working those days. The bartender's not working those days. The owner's not making money, which means that they won't be able to pay anybody. So, yeah. It's a, a chain reaction. Everything relies on how well you work yeah. and how serious you take it. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, and I think I pull, I pull my point across. Yeah, in that I, end, you know, you know, and it, it's one of those things that you know, uh, think kind of going back to what our conversation was about, you know, getting people in the right mindset of it. Right. Um, part of that is finding out people's strengths and their weaknesses. Right. So there are people that I know who are good doormen. They can do the job, but they're not good customer service, or they don't. They're, they can't do the job fully. And so there's, you know, I've one that comes to mind, I won't name names currently, um, but they'll work the front door. They, they do a, a fine job checking IDs, right. not super friendly towards people. Um, and my big irritation is if you're at the front door, your job is to work the front door. Because I was a doorman, so that's right. how I take so much pride in that. Um, and don't worry about what's happening inside. I've got people inside. I'm inside. I'm watching your back to make sure no one kicks your ass from, from there. Right. Your job is to make sure that no one's walking up drunk and that kind of stuff. Because if I have to watch you now and people you're letting in, now I'm to be taken away from what I need to do inside. Right. Um, and so so one of the conversations I had with somebody once was like, I know you're trying to do more, and I appreciate that. Your job is this. Do this well. Right. That's what I'm looking for. And they said, well, you know, but what if something happens inside? If I need you, I'll call you. I promise you, I will. If it's so bad that I need you to, to abandon the door, I will right. call you for sure, for sure. Uh, but this is your most important role. And they said, well, I need to watch my back. I said, well, I'm, I'm watching your back. And right. they said, well, 
okay, but, but no, what about everyone else? I'm like, no, no, trust me. If you don't trust me, you should quit. That's just long and short of it. That's yeah. it. I said, if you don't trust that I have your best interests in mind, that I want to make sure you go home safe and right. go see your family, go with him, that kind of stuff. I said, but but just do me a favor. Turn around. Just turn around and look outside. You know, Don't stand in front of the door. Stand off to the side of the door so you can move in in front if you need to block somebody from coming in. But you know, that's why I'm very, you know, when I'm training new people, it's like, this is where you stand. Right. You, know, you see guys standing here. I don't like that. Don't do that. Stand here. Do this with people. You know, looking up and down the street. That's your job is to make sure that no one drunk is coming in. That you're this this is your area of control. That back there, it's mine. I got it. Right. Um, and so like, all right, so I go, okay, you are good at checking IDs, but you're not good at you always want to be looking inside. Okay, cool. So we're gonna move you inside. We're not gonna have you outside anymore because right. I'm not saying that it's bad for you, but you can't take your mind off this. Uh, and that's not a bad thing. I'm there's, not. There's I'm not, nothing wrong with an overachiever, too. I mean, yeah. But then, but I, but I'm also not mad at them for that because that's their right, personality. Right. Uh, so I'm gonna put something in the front door that can do that because they're good at that. If you're one of those people that says, "Hey, you know, you know," it's just like any other street role. If you say, "Man, my belly's kind of upset today," you know, I'm not feeling super good, and it's like, "Okay, do you need like bathroom breaks?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna probably need a couple." Cool. Guess where you're gonna be posted? Next I, to the bathroom. Yeah. So if you slink off to the bathrooms and you're gone for five ten minutes, I'm not gonna care. If you're gone for an hour and a half, there's going to be some concern. It's a problem or medical um, issue, then you exactly, get out Exactly, yeah. You. If you're one of those people that, you know, you know, you, you just can't sit by yourself for a long period of time, you know, uh, we have folks that, like, they like watching TV. Cool, that's that's your downfall. That's your weakness. Perfect. I'm going to put you nowhere near a TV. Right. Because I'm going to I'm gonna make you work. Uh, because, you know, but that's not, I'm not mad at you for that. Now, if there's no other choice but for you to work somewhere where there's a TV there and you watch TV, then I'm going to be irritated because, like, listen, I'm, I'm doing my best to help you succeed. Right, um, because you know not everyone's gonna be good at everything, you know, and no, we have we really. have we have guys that you know um, because of incidents that happen in the door, they're afraid to work the door, and it's like okay, I understand that, but you're still gonna get trained on it because if something yeah. happens and that doorman is sick or the doorman gets hurt, you're gonna need to fill in there because yeah. I can't work the door. Right, and not that I don't want to work the door, but being in this new role, people go okay, well Matt's got the front door, yeah, but I, if you get in a fight. I need to be there because I'm the manager. Right. So, though I don't mind working it, I need to be there. I, I, I will cover you for a 15-minute break, but I'm right. not going to sit there post up because you guys want to walk around inside. That's, you know, it sucks, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, kind of going back to the overall point of all this stuff is that, you know, our goal as the new management team is to make you better, uh, make right. our team better. Not only for our bar, but if you want to go become a HOS somewhere else, head of security somewhere else. Cool. Hey, we support you in that. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna push you out of us, like making you as much as a good employee as possible. That you know, because that's how HOSs work. You get tapped by another bar and say, "Hey, we want you to be HOS." They select you. You don't typically go and interview for that. They they know who you are and they select you for it. Right. Uh, and so we have a lot of guys that say, "Hey, I want to be an HOS one day." It's like, cool. Uh, you're gonna have to overperform. You're gonna have to be the best bouncer we have. Because best bounce we have, and you're going to have to be social with other places to the point where they say, hey, we want you to come with us. Yeah. That's how it's always happened to me. I've, I've never walked into a place and said, hey, I want to be HOS here. I did once, and they said, we, but we don't know you. And I went, oh, but here's my background. They say, yeah, but we don't know we you. We don't know who the fuck you are. Okay, cool. And I, and I, and I can understand that, and I go, okay. And in that That's industry, it. makes sense because it's, even though it's all like, you know, the cities are all not even close to each other, you know, the owners probably know the other owners exist. All their bars exist. Why do you think I've always worked in, in Irish? You know, yeah. my first bar was an Irish yeah. pub, and Deem, uh, Liam and Des are known. They're from the they're from the island. They're 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 known in the area. Um, you know, when I went to to Katie's, 
my owner uh, there, his name's uh, Donkey. That's his nickname. He he's a Golden Glove guy. He's he's super. He's a great guy. Um, ang- angry as fuck, but he's a good dude. Some um, of that. I mean, that's like a thing with the Irish people. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I was working there, and, and one day he pulls me aside. He goes, hey, I talked to Liam about you. And I went, okay, cool, right on. Uh, and I, and he's like, he's like, he says you're, you're the best bouncer he's ever had. And I went, oh, okay, cool, right that, That's how it goes. Like, it literally is because they talk to each other like, hey, man, like, this would be great for your team. Yeah. I mean. If you're trying to change your 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 team, like, this guy will be great. Or, and that was kind of what's funny is when I left Fibbers, um, the GM there was telling everybody that she fired me. Uh, for drinking on the job, and I was like, "That's not the case. I have documentation, all this stuff." And the I know the instance she's talking about is one of my doormen. I walked up and he's drinking on Long Island, and I chewed his ass out. He's one of my one of my greatest friends, right. but I said, "No, you're not fucking doing this." You know, even though it's our last night, you're right. not drinking. After we're off, you can drink as much as you can come back tomorrow and drink. This is our last night. We're going out with a bang. We're going out the right way. Right. We're not saying fuck this bar because this is still home. This is was still home for a period of time. Um, and, you know, and, you know, there was a rumor going around that I was fired and all this stuff. And, you know, my personality is, I don't, how do you, how do you, you know, how do you fight that? You can't prove a negative. You can't say, well, I wasn't what well, you were. Okay. And so what I did is instead of trying to prove myself, you know, right and them wrong is I gave them all the credit for everything. And so when I first came to O'Flats, people would go, man, you're actually really good at this. How'd you do this? Oh, well, you know, the manager at, at Fibbers trained me. She's the best trainer I've ever had. She's the best manager I've ever had. And I gave mad props. Anyone that would ask, mad props, mad props. And so I went back there after a while because, you know, for some reason I was banned because I was fired. And right. that was the rumor that so everybody's like, oh, you can't be here. You were fired. I was like, I wasn't fired, though. Right. But I'm not going to argue with the bouncer about it. And so one day I went in there for dinner on, like, a Wednesday night. No security staff. And servers recognized me. And then, you know, I walked past the bathroom. And the gym was there. And she pulled me aside. She goes, hey. Why are you here? And I went because I like having dinner here. I like the you know like the bangers and mash, right? And, you know, and and she goes, I was talking to some other owners, and they your name came up. I said, Oh, really? And she goes, Yeah. I said, um, they, all of them thanked me for you. And I said, Oh, good, right on. And she said, I didn't train you though. I go, I know. And I said, And she goes, well, Why are you telling everybody that I did? I said, Because there was a rumor going around that you didn't like me for some reason and that you had fired me when we both know that's not true. Right. And the only way that we could resolve this was by me giving you all the credit in the world for training me and making me into the man that I am today. Because if you, if they tell you that first, you can't say shit about me being fired because that looks more bad on you than it does on me. Right. And we came to an understanding and she doesn't have the, there's no rumor about that anymore. There's no Matic fire, right. Matt Harris, right. bullshit. It's like, squash it, I was squash it right like, there. Yeah. And, and, you know, and so people hear that and they go, I go, go, go ask Irene, go, go, go ask the manager, go ask whomever it is, you know, and right. they'll go, oh, okay. And then they, you know, there's nothing bad to say about me anymore right. because I've given you all the credit in the world for me, right. whether you deserve it or not. Um, and it's been resolved. Now it's dead. Now it's a dead issue because you can't say shit because I give you all the credit. Right. Um, That's insane. But you're right. I mean, at that point, uh, if somebody wants to like, let's say go somewhere else, you're right. It's, I mean, they talk to, to amongst each other. Like, those owners, they all talk to each other. I mean, there's that history. I mean, yes. Yeah. They've, know. know, they've known each other longer than they've known me. And I'm just another, I'm just another bouncer that they've had through their, through their bars and that's right. it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, and I get that. I mean, because if, you know, if I, if I know that somebody's coming over from the lounge, from Brandon Lounge, I have some friends over there. I'll call them and say, hey, what do you think about this person? Right. No, no, they're not good for the bar. Okay, cool. I, I, and I try and I trust their judgment. Um, you know, but I also give somebody an interview, shadow that, you know, because, you know, we all make mistakes. We all have different personality right. things. 
Uh, you know, some people work better at certain bars than others. Um, so, like, you know, I brought over my manager from Katie's with me to Toe Flats. And he lasted about a week and a half, and he froze up during a fight, and Marcus fired him. And, you know, to this day, he goes, I don't know what happened. I like fights, but I just, I was trying to read the room, and I wasn't, I didn't read it right. Uh-huh. Okay, hey, your personality didn't match there. Um, then he went over to another bar, you know, over in, like, South San Jose for a little bit. And he was too much of an aggressive person there. You know, it's like, hey, you're the only bouncer here. You need to mellow out. Um, and that's part of knowing your team. Right. You know, if, if I'm there with a bunch of new guys at, you know, five points, which we've been there before, I will try my best to de-escalate the situation long before I go to blows. Because right. I know that out of the five guys there, me being one of them, you know, three of them are new and they want to fight somebody. Because right. that's what they think bouncing is. And I need to set the example that our goal is to walk them out. Yeah, and that's, again, that's just that goo mentality, man. But. We're getting close to the closing yeah. of the podcast, bro. How, how so far? How do you feel, dude? I like this. This is a, it's like, a fun thing, and yeah. I, I, you know, I want to do it again. I, I like Marcus to be here at some point. We have to get some different chairs. At some point, we gotta get. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta get. Uh, we gotta get his point across for sure. But it was fuck, dude. It was dope. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Having you. Uh, so what's up? What's next? I mean, honestly, I'm gonna ask you this question, but like, yeah, what, yeah. what's next? Like, um, how do you see yourself? Like, uh, with this whole. You know what's your what's your end game plan here? Like, Shoot for the bar, just having fun, just keep going to what we're doing. I'm um, looking for that consistent team. We're always hiring. If anybody's looking for jobs, please feel free to reach out. Um, you know, you can reach out to Angel through the podcast or anybody else, and I'll, I'll hook you up with an interview, and we'll at least have a chat. Yeah. Um, things going on. Full time job. Hopefully back for a while. You know, uh, back in town for for a bit. Right. Um, you're always looking to move up, move out, but it is one of those things. Um, Quick shout out to if you are interested in more stuff, things I do on the side, check out Harris House Barbecue, uh, H A R I S H O U S E B B Q on Instagram. We're always selling jerky and meats and that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're going to get back into the bar business of doing that stuff. It's slowed down a little bit with COVID and being in Hawaii for four months. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we, you know, yeah, Harris House is always the fun side project that is hopefully going to replace all my jobs one day. That's what's up. Yeah. And you get to cook and. You exactly. Know, my my wife's primarily running right now, so she's she's a she's a you know phenomenal. She's the rock that you know can't be holding that thing down. And I know she liked having me more home more often, which is uh, you know out leaving the bar and maybe even leaving full time if we could make uh, make that barbecue business work. But right. uh, that's that's the goal. It's Harris House Barbecue is always the future, and you know everything else is just fun stuff on the side. That's what's up. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening to the podcast. You guys are already doing. If you guys want to send us a shout out, uh, shout out to. Uh, all the listeners, and shout out to you, Matt, for being on the podcast. Yeah, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thank you, thank you. And shout out to everybody who is gonna go right now, uh, give five star likes, and then rate us, and then put a comment like, "Hey, hey, I know Matt." Like, "Oh, Matt, fire me." <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, few and far between. Uh, and uh, I guess hopefully, dude, uh, at this point, probably people got got to know you better at this point. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it should be a I lot mean, of fun. They probably did, and now they realize, like, oh, shit, no wonder he's like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's a reason he's an asshole. <laughs> uh, send us an email, uh, killerthoughtsmail uh, at gmail.com. So uh, it could be a story. It could be anything. Uh, somebody that you might think could be in the podcast, please give, let, let me know. Follow us on Instagram, Killer Thoughts Podcast, all together on Instagram. And then uh, follow, do you, you want to follow your social media? Or yeah, media? Har- yeah, Harris House Barbecue primarily. Okay. H a r r i s h o u s e b b q. Okay. You guys do deliveries? Yes. Yep. Right, Anything in the area, and we'll and we'll ship everywhere else. There you go, man. So you guys already know. So you guys are your, your point of contact now. And uh, check out my Instagram, uh, Angels Daily Post. And then, of course, uh, for those of you who 
might know Spanish or if you don't, that's fine. But uh, I do another podcast called Ahora Que Pedo Podcast. Uh, yeah, so check me out there, guys. Have a good day, evening, morning, whatever you guys are listening to us. Uh, as long as you're not uh, doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, like driving and looking at this fucking phone. Uh, have a good time, and uh, we'll check you guys later. Uh, hopefully, Alejandro and Joel are back. But hopefully, you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, see you all later. Bye. Peace.